The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is Joshua Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We are in harvest season, brothers and sisters. See, many in the body of Christ, we've lost focus because we're focusing on the bad news. We're focusing on the bad report from the enemy rather than focusing on the promises of God. And it's so important in this season that no matter what, no matter the false reports that we hear, we focus on the promises of God. I want to remind you that when the Israelites, when they went to go enter the promised land, they were confronted with giants, right? They sent 12 spies and they saw giants there, giants that looked undefeatable, Giants that looked like they would be impossible for them to do battle against. So the spies came back and they had a bad report. They're giants. How could we ever possibly hope to defeat this enemy? But there were two that focused on the promise of God. That was Joshua and that was Caleb. Because they knew that they had God on their side. They knew that God had promised that land to them. And they said, surely, brothers and sisters, we can take them for the Lord is on our side. This is true even today. I tell you right now, we are on the cusp of entering the promised land that God has for us. He wants to bring political revival. He wants to bring revival here to America. We are at the edge of seeing that manifest. So we should not listen to the bad reports. We should not cower in fear when we see giants and trials before us. Those should be expected because the giants inhabit the promised land. So we've got a couple giants to slay. Now, on November 4th, this was the day right after the presidential election, God gave a word to Pastor Christina that there were five things that he planned to do in this season. The first of those five things is that this was going to be a season of great harvest. Now, harvest means that those things that have been planted will manifest, okay? So for the righteous and the faithful, that's blessings, abundance, and for the wicked, that is judgment. And so because of these instructions, we at Freedom Foster Church have already begun to celebrate harvest. God is bringing in the harvest. God is bringing in. The manifestation of his promises. In Joel chapter 2, verse 19, the Lord replied to them, I'm sending you new grain, new wine, and olive oil, enough to satisfy you fully. Never again will I make you an object of scorn to the nations. Something else I want to remind you is that the harvest time, it's here. That's what it tells us in the scripture. And so the thing I want you to realize is that in harvest time, the seeds that were planted, that is when they reach their full maturity. That means both the good seeds and the wicked seeds. And right now we are seeing 
the full maturity and full manifestation of those wicked roots and wicked seeds that they are coming to full fruition. This should be expected at the harvest time. So harvest time is now, and so we should expect, yes, we are going to see wicked and dark things revealed. That is part of the harvest. But now is not time to be fearful. Now is not the time to be afraid or be murmuring. Instead, you focus on the harvest. And not only that, you prepare for the harvest. Farmers always had to prepare when it was harvest season because they had to prepare to be able to bring in all the crops. God is going to bring harvest in your life to those of you that have been faithful. And if you haven't been faithful, now is the time to prepare. Prepare your hearts, prepare your house to be in perfect position for God. It says in Joel chapter 2, verse 21, Do not be afraid, land of Judah. Be glad and rejoice. Surely the Lord has done great things. The same goes for us today. Do not be afraid, you wild animals, for the pastures in the wilderness are becoming green. The trees are bearing their fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their riches. Be glad, people of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the autumn rains because he is faithful. He sends you abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains, as before. The threshing floors will be filled with grain, and the vats will be overflowing with new wine and oil. This harvest is not going to be something that we get just enough. It is a harvest of overflow, is a harvest of abundance that is coming, and we are right at the edge. We have to continue to decree the word of the Lord and stand our ground. The next thing that God said that he's going to bring about in this season is restoration. In Joel chapter 2, verse 25, we continue on. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts and the young locusts, the other locusts and the locust swarm. My great army that I sent among you, you will have plenty to eat until you are full and you will praise the name of the Lord your God who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel and that I am the Lord your God and that there is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. And understand, with the things that the Lord is doing now, people are going to know that there is a God right here in the United States of America. And he is the one true God, the God Almighty. So restoration is coming. Do not look to the past and think about those lost opportunities Maybe those times where you didn't obey God, those things that you missed out on. This is a period of restoration and harvest. So we march on forward. We look forward. We look at the promises that God has. And look, if you haven't been in the right place, now you can correct course. After restoration, then God said that he is going to bring about empowerment right here in the body of Christ in the United States of America and throughout the world. Continuing on to verse 28, we are still in Joel chapter 2. So after all of these things, after the harvest, after the restoration, God says in verse 28, And afterwards I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. 
I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved, for on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance. As the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. So, empowerment is coming. Our obedience today is going to bring about a move of God the likes of which the world has never seen. It's going to bring about a revival the likes of which the world has never seen, and it's going to transform this nation for the better. We have to continue to press on. We have to continue to push the darkness, decree the word of the Lord, and not shrink back in fear. Focus on these promises that God is bringing to us now, and that he has already said. If he has said it, that means it's going to happen. God has already seen the end at the very beginning. He's already seen the end. He's already seen the victory. It's already there. We need to walk our faith. The fourth thing that God says that he's going to bring about is acceleration. All of the manifestations, all of the promises of God, and even the seeds that were planted on the ground, that maybe were just planted, there's going to be an acceleration, a rapid manifestation for the things that God is going to bring about on the earth. And after all of these things, there's going to be a period of celebration where we are going to be celebrating the good things that God has done on the earth. And I encourage you even now, start to praise God. Start to celebrate. Start to give Him thanks and praise because He's already won the victory. He has already brought about everything that needs to happen. These things that God is doing here on the earth, they are going to be for His glory and the benefit of His people. So focus on God's instructions. Because understand, in the spiritual realm, things look very different than the way they look in the natural. When the Israelites enter the promised land, those giants look pretty intimidating. But in the spiritual realm, they had the God Almighty on their side, so no giant would stand against them. In John chapter 11, Jesus received word that a man whom he loved, Lazarus, was sick. And people came and they said, Jesus, 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 your friend Lazarus is sick. Will you not go to him? And in verse 4, this is John chapter 11, verse 4. It says, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the glory of God so that God's son may be glorified through it. See, Jesus right there, he declared, he saw the end at the beginning of the situation. Not only that, he decreed the will of God and the word of God over that situation. See, and we should do that the same today. God has already seen the end from the beginning in this election. God has already seen the end from the beginning in the situation that is going on in the United States of America right now. He has already decreed the end from the beginning. And not only that, it is just as Christ said, it is for God's glory so that God's Son will be glorified through it. God is going to be glorified in this situation in the United States of America. Now, the thing is, is that Jesus, when he heard that his friend was sick, he didn't rush to him. He didn't panic and he wasn't afraid. It says that Jesus even remained 
where he was for two more days because he was still ministering. And while Jesus was there, Lazarus, he died. But this did not deter Jesus. So in verse 11, Jesus tells his disciples, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. See, in the natural, right, he's dead. In the natural, it's done. It's final. You can't heal somebody who's dead. They're dead. It's over. Right? But in the spiritual realm, he's just asleep. We're going to wake him up. Now, his disciples didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. So his disciples replied, well, Lord, if he sleeps, he's going to get better, right? I mean, I had a cold once before. If I just sleep it off, I feel a lot better. So Jesus was thinking, okay, I need to be a little bit more straightforward with you guys, right? So it says in verse 14, he told them plainly. He was very straightforward. Look, Lazarus is dead. He's not asleep. He's dead. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Imagine being glad that your friend had died. Why? Because Jesus, again, knew the end from the beginning. So in verse 17, it says, On Jesus' arrival, he found that Lazarus had already been dead in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews came to Martha and Mary and comforted them in the loss of their brother. When Martha had heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But now I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. So Jesus told her what he was going to do. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, Well, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And I want you to see this, right? Even though Martha was saying that she believed in Jesus, she still had a limitation on the things that God could do. She still had a preconceived idea on, well, okay, yes, of course, he's going to be resurrected at the end of the age. But if you had been here, he would have been healed. He wouldn't have even died. This was the preconceived notion for how she thought God was able to move. We have to remove the limitations that we put on God. God can move in any number of ways outside of our own understanding. So she goes on, and Jesus goes on, and then later on, he meets with Mary. And when Mary reaches Jesus, she comes to him. Verse 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. See, the concept that Lazarus could even have been risen from the dead was not even in their mind. That wasn't even a possibility. So it says, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit. And troubled, where have you laid them? He asked. Come and see, my Lord. Then it says, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved them. But some of them said, Could he not, who opened the eyes of the blind man, have kept this man from dying? See, all these people, all these expectations, the same limitations, the same expectations. God can only move this way. God can only bring miracles in this way. But God is way more powerful than any of our preconceived notions might imply. Verse 38. Jesus once more was deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. 
Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been in there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you have sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Despite the impossibility, the finality, this was completely final, right? It was locked, sealed, certified, finished. Certified by all the doctors, he's dead. You can't do anything, right? If you had been here, you might have been able to heal him, but he's dead. There's nothing more final than death. Except with God, God can turn any situation around. So even in death, even after all the results have been certified, completed, and finalized, God spoke. And he said, Lazarus, come up out of there and walk again. And Lazarus rose from the grave. So understand the things that are going on in the United States of America. God has already spoken what the end is going to be from the very beginning. God has already decreed his will over these situations. So we can either shrink back in fear and choose not to believe the word of God, or we can step out in faith. Those are the choices that we have, because understand God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. And you might think, well, okay, he didn't have to deal with the legal systems in the United States of America, right? He didn't have to deal with all these different predicaments. You know, the media wasn't as corrupt as it was back then. We can have all kinds of complaints, but understand God is still the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and he still has all the authority and all the power. And the thing is, is that Jesus said at the very beginning, This sickness will not end in death, but it is going to be for the glory of God, for the benefit of his people, that the Son may be glorified through the works of God. The things that are going on right now in the United States of America, all these things, the disputes with these elections, all the issues with certifying election results, all the exposure of corruption, all of these things are happening so that the glory of God will be revealed here in the United States of America and that the Son of God will be glorified through his mighty works, and all the nations are going to be witness to the move of God here in the United States of America, and they are going to know, without a shadow of a doubt, that there is a God here in the United States of America, and they are going to see his mighty works. So I encourage you now, do not speak out in fear, but instead begin to act in faith and focus on God. Now, before I go, there's a series of instructions that Pastor Chris received this past Saturday, November 21st. It was early in the morning when God gave her these directions that are supposed to be directed at the body of Christ. So these are instructions that are straight from God that we need to start applying in our lives right now. Number one, focus on what I am doing, saith the Lord, and continue to release my word that I am giving you. Do not focus on what the enemy is doing and do not discuss the bad news. Focus on me. 
Separate yourself from evildoers, come out from among them, let the vile continue to be vile, and let the holy continue to be holy. Let them continue to do what they are doing, focus on being holy before God. This is in accordance to Revelation chapter 22, verse 11. My holy prophets and apostles are now in the front lines, and they will continue to declare my word and make my people go according to my plan and my ways of doing things. Those who continue to do evil things are now separated as I am separating the goats from the sheep in my kingdom. The prophetic anointing will continue to get stronger and supernatural manifestations will be witnessed by my people, even the world. Sanctification must continue. Teach and preach my word and minister to my people because you have hope in me. Concerning the United States of America, if we don't stand firm and if we don't call things as though they were, if the prophets and leaders who give in to pressure and lean on their own understanding, God's people with the rest of the world will go through major upheavals if they do not stand firm. And if you think these are major upheavals now, the things that are going on now, what is going to happen if we do not stand firm and we do not call things as though they were, it's going to be a cakewalk compared to those things. So, as a result, we must stand strong and see through the spiritual eyes of God. Do not look or focus on the natural realm. Focus on the spiritual realm and what God is doing. These are instructions that were received by Pastor Christina Sasso during prayer early November 1st in the morning. So God is telling us we got to focus on what he's doing. We are going to focus on his promises, on his will, what he is doing in the earth. And he says now he is separating the wicked from the righteous. And this is in accordance to Matthew 13. In the harvest season... The Father God separated the wheat from the tares. In this parable, Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven. It's like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. And when the wheat sprouted and formed heads, the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came and said to him, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring them into my barn. See, God is now, as he said, he has already begun separating the weeds, those wicked seeds and wicked roots. That is why we've seen the full maturity of them today. That's why we are seeing them grow to full prosperity, because the harvest is now. God is already gathering all of those weeds and wicked roots so that he can tie them in bundles to be burned. Because of this, we the righteous also need to reach full maturity. We need to reach full maturity so that we can partake in the harvest as well. Because the harvest season is now, it is already happening, and you can see it all around you. It's happening all around us. So let us prepare. And this Thanksgiving season, 
I know Thanksgiving has just passed and you've just had Thanksgiving with your family and friends. Spend time thanking God for the things that he has promised, thanking him and praising him for his move here in the earth. Because he is going to do great and mighty and miraculous things here in the United States of America. We only need to stand strong and step out in faith. Amen. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. We are out of time for this week. And as always, if you want to support this broadcast and you've been touched by the things that you have heard today, then I encourage you go to our website, SOGMI.org slash donate. Again, that is SOGMI.org slash donate. We are supported by listeners just like you. And also, if you're in the San Antonio area, then I want to invite you to join us for the Prophetic Gathering of the Saints. It's coming this December 31st. You want to register online. It's limited seating, and it's only $25 per person. We are going to usher in the new year with praise, celebration, and God's going to share with us what he has planned for 2021. So it's a very exciting thing. Again, you want to register for the Prophetic Gathering of the Saints for this year, December 31st. So go to our website, SOGMI.org slash events. Again, that is SOGMI.org slash events. Again, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Joshua Sasso, and you've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. God bless you. Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. And for Saturday's program, call us at 210-695-1630. Send all emails to sonsofgod at satx.rr.com and all letters to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. For more info, including service times and upcoming events, find us at www.sogmi.org. That's www.sogmi.org.